So today is my 100th upload here on YouTube and if I'm being 100% honest, I think that I've been thinking about this video for a very long time and I really wanted it to be a special video. I wanted it to be an amazing video, the most energetic, high-paced, you know, Bax personality that I could ever produce in a single video and this morning when I woke up and I was just thinking about the whole concept and you know maybe like a hundred chicken wings for my hundredth upload or like running a hundred kilometers for my hundredth upload I think I just got to a point where I was like what if what if for your hundredth video you sat down and you explained yourself <laughs> which is like something that I'm really good at I'm good at explaining myself I think it's something that I do all the time but what if for the hundredth video like you sat down and you spoke about the truth <laughs> what if you confessed what if you what if you put aside the high energy you know entertaining super exciting bags for a serious conversation and a one-on-one -on -one that I think, in my opinion, has been long overdue. So I guess that's what we're doing today. I couldn't decide whether I wanted to do this via podcast or I wanted to do this via a video. So I guess this is just like a bit of both. Um, I am dressed. I do have makeup on. I am wearing perfume. You can't hear it. You can't smell it. <laughs> and I changed into sweatpants because... The initial idea was for me to go film this video at church. They've got this really cute, like, and hopefully I can insert a video here. If I don't, just know that I'm exhausted and such is life. But they've got this really cute feature wall outside on the patio with, like, the most aesthetic plants ever. And I thought it would be such a cool idea to have that as a background in my video. But literally, as I was about to step out and leave the house, I was like you're doing it again you are seeking out perfectionism you are seeking out um an aesthetic that is great don't get me wrong like aesthetics are fabulous but i think i've been plagued for the past 99 videos with okay maybe not all 99 but for a big part and a big chunk of my videos more especially after maybe you could say my birthday when uploads started becoming a lot less consistent for those of you who noticed and realized um i've just been struggling with i don't know how to say this i don't know how to say this because i I'm, I'm really trying not to be dramatic but at the same time sorry i'm getting used to like this whole like mic thing someone said to me at church that my channel is great <laughs> hear me out okay this person is my friend and we're really cool and I know it was a joke and it was a hilarious joke. I think he's so funny. He's so great. And I really didn't take offense. He was just like, I guess that was the opening line to me like trying to take my sound up an extra notch and stop procrastinating fixing the sound on my channel. And you guys know I've been struggling with the sound. Like I've been getting mic after mic, spending thousands of rands on trying to just upscale the sound and get it to a point where it's tolerable and it sounds crisp enough for somebody to sit and enjoy and watch it without any like you know hiccups and stuff like that but I think like the whole your channel sounds like a Nigerian movie like that really had me sitting down thinking like Nigerian I mean obviously my channel doesn't sound like a Nigerian movie but then when I thought about it I was like there really is no need for me to not have a lapel mic simply because some of the videos are literally me chilling like this in my bed or me, okay, maybe not chilling in my bed, but like me doing makeup, for example, the last video that I uploaded while sitting doing my makeup, there is no need for me to be using a shotgun mic that I know is going to create an echo because I don't have sound carpets. I don't have sound boards and all the other fancy stuff YouTubers have. I literally just have my phone and myself and my voice and I, I need to learn to stop projecting because I've got a mic now. I can just speak like a normal person, but yeah, when I thought about it, and I was like, actually, he's kind of right. There is no need for all of that, like, drama. I could get a lapel mic that picks up my voice right here, right now. And there's no need for all the extra carpets and excuse stuff that I had. And this was literally like 120 Rand at Cash Crusaders. So it really wasn't that bad or expensive. I didn't break the bank in any way or form. Definitely not because of someone's son's comment. definitely not but yeah I think that there's been an element of pressure that I've put on myself 
in the past couple of videos, the past couple of months to sort of get better. I think for me, because I'm someone who's very like goal oriented and I like to... I like to be the best, man. Like, if I'm not the best, I don't want to do that thing. And this is something, like, one and only Rory keeps telling me is a very... I, I have to call her one and only Rory here because if I say Rory, you're not going to know who she is. But I feel like it's so weird. Every time I try to, like... If I'm speaking about my friends, like, I'm speaking about Tando Vukwana, or I'm speaking about Rory Sang. I mean, Mashiko is Mashiko everywhere, so that's fine. But whenever I speak about my YouTube friends, I always feel the pressure to use their handles instead of their real names because I feel like if I don't use their handles, no one will know who I'm talking about because sexy unicorn and tando vokwana are two completely different you know entities not not really because they're the same person but like do you get what i mean so whenever i call them by their youtube names or by their instagram names i always feel like i'm name dropping and really that's not what i'm trying to do i'm really just trying to like connect the dots so that but yeah anyway i'm overthinking this i'm definitely 100 overthinking this Rorisang was saying to me that one very I don't want to say toxic trait, but toxic trait that I have that she's picked up is I put a lot of pressure on myself to accomplish tasks. I put a lot of pressure on myself to be the best at what I do. And if it's not up to the standard that I see in my head, the likelihood of me attempting something or doing something or following through with something is unlikely just because I'm like, no, if it's not going to bang, let's rather not do it. And the funny thing is this past weekend at church, we were doing this like quick I don't want to call it personality test, if you will. Um, obviously, it's not like biblical or like 100% accurate. So the idea is not to necessarily put you in a box. The idea is just to say, okay, everyone has got a different leadership style. Let's figure out what your leadership style is so that when you are serving and being placed in the church in different roles and positions, you are being the most effective that you possibly can be because we know your personality style and what you are more inclined to do well according to, you know, everything and gift that God has given you. And so it's called the DISC test. And you can literally do this on Google yourself. They just kind of like printed it out. I should actually grab this paper and read it to you. I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> so basically, um, the D, the I, the S stands for a million different things. And... I happen to be a DI kind of personality, right? But other people are IDs, other people are ISs, other people are ICs. So the four letters, the DICS, DICS, yeah, whatever, DISC can be arranged in different um, ways according to whichever is the most dominant feature in your personality. So the most dominant feature in my personality was the D and then after the D came the I. It was literally like I think I got 23 for the D out of 25, 22 out of 25 for the I and then 23, tw no one less, two less, 19, 20, 19. Okay it's irrelevant but it was like two points less for the other one and then the other one was like like just in the bottom. But this is what D stands for. D says, we are direct and decisive. We are risk takers and problem solvers. We are more concerned with completing tasks and winning than we are with gaining approval from people. Though the internal drive tends to make us insensitive to those around us, Ds are not afraid to challenge the status quo. And we thrive when it comes to developing new things. We need discipline to excel and respond to direct confrontation. Our greatest fear is being taken advantage of. And even despite our possible weaknesses, which include an aversion to routine, a tendency to overstep authority, an argumentative nature, and a habit of taking on way too much, we place high value on time and use our innovative thinking to accomplish difficult tasks and conquer challenges. So that's just the category of D as a whole, right? And then it takes us one step further where you get then your combination, your two combination letters like DI or DS or DC. And I'm a DI. And this is what it says about DIs. It says, we are curious concluders who place emphasis on the bottom line and work hard to reach our goals. We are more determined than we are inspirational, yet our high expectations and standards for ourselves and those around us typically cause us to have quite an impact, motivating others to follow us. We have an array of interests and can become distracted by taking on way too many projects. We often need to focus, prioritize, and simply slow down. <laughs> 
Because we thrive on activity and forward motion, we like to accomplish tasks through a large number of people. And then it goes on to give you like scriptures and characters in the Bible that they think, okay, emphasis on think, were most likely to have these personality types. And here they give me Joshua, Noah, and Sarah. And obviously, naturally, I just looked up Sarah first because first of all, it's Genesis 16 and I'm literally in the middle of doing like a, sorry, let me get comfortable, doing a Genesis Bible study. Um, but also because Sarah was the only woman and I was like, I want to see what the, I want to see what the woman is like. Okay. I want to see what the woman is. Where's my Bible? Okay. It's over there. I'm not going to stretch over and, and grab my Bible. I'm literally comfortable right now. But if you go read Genesis 16 in the message translation, it's literally like, you know how God gives Sarah the promise that Sarah, you're going to be a mother of nations, all of these things. And Sarah's like a hundred years old. The milk in her boobs is like dust because she's literally a fossil. And God is saying, you are going to give birth to your first son soon right and so basically the story of sarah and abraham for those who don't know is that they wait for my 20 years or so until this promise from god comes true but towards the end of the wait obviously they didn't know how long they were going to wait were they going to wait for a year were they going to wait for two years were they going to wait for three years they literally had no idea and so what sarah does is at some point she gets tired and she's like dog i'm literally a hundred years old there's absolutely no way that i'm about to give birth to a baby okay i did not prepare for this video let me tell you something i did not come here with the intention to go so deep into the bible but i guess that's what we're doing now <laughs> But in Genesis 16, basically, she's like, um, I'm so sick of waiting. Maybe, maybe God needs some help and I'm going to help him because we literally have a goal. Time is running out and this is not going to work. So she literally says, I need you, Abraham, to sleep with my maid, Hagar. And so she basically comes up with this entire elaborate plan and scheme she plans it out it's the perfect plan she's gonna take her maid the maid is gonna sleep with abraham and as soon as they sleep the maid is gonna fall pregnant they're gonna have a baby god's promise is gonna come true because clearly god is like playing games and wasting time and literally i think i read the first sentence i rolled my eyes and i threw my bible aside because i was like i know that's me like i'm a hundred percent that person i and obviously this this personality test is literally not meant to put you in a box and it's not biblical this is not what god says about you and this is not like the final say on your life but i think the idea behind it is for you to be able to identify your strengths and weaknesses as a leader and work on what needs to be worked on so you can become a better person so you can become more effective in whatever god has called you to do and so for me, I read that and I was like, I know that I'm a schemer. Like one thing about me, I will plan and scheme to the T. I am very pedantic and I'm very, and you've seen this with the way that I eat. I mean, I literally will not eat because I, this is not what I want to eat. I want everything done to the T. I'm sure if I did like an anagram test, I'd be a one on the anagram because of the way that I'm so meticulous and I'm so hyper independent, which is also why I don't have an editor on this channel. Like besides the financial commitment that an editor is, there's also the element of it makes me, it physically makes me sick. And you know, I've had our back where edits a couple of my videos and he's great. He's fantastic. He's so diligent in the things that he does. And he's such a talented person in the space of davinci resolve i've got davinci resolve i can't use it to save my life albakwe knows the vision that's in my head he understands me as a person and is able to make that come alive to the best of his ability but one thing about me is every single time i hand over footage to albakwe i get sick like i get sick in the mind i get sick in the body i, get, I just get sick because i'm like the thought of somebody else taking stuff off of my plate and doing things to help me, even though I'm paying him, I mean, sharp, makes me sick. Like, is he going to do it the way that I want it to be done? Because there's a very specific way that I want it to be done. And thank God that Albakwe is so patient and so willing to rework on stuff because of my pedanticity, pedanticness. I don't know what the word is for the Asian of being pedantic, but because of that, like, it's, it's things like that, like I get anxiety and then I can't sleep until he sends the video on the Google Drive because 
I just want to have control over everything that I do. I enjoy having a lot on my plate because I would rather have a lot on my plate than have somebody else do it and then disappoint me. So in as much as I like to accomplish things through a large number of people, and that's true, I do enjoy group work and I do love working in a team environment, the likelihood of me taking more than everyone else in the team is very high and that's something that I need to work on. But when it comes to my YouTube channel, I think... I've been needing help with my channel and I've been needing like, yo, assistance. <laughs> but like the, the perfectionist and control freak in me just won't allow it to happen. I'm way too hyper independent for me to let the footage go off into someone else's hands, which is something that I'm working on. And I really am looking to make the financial commitment into getting a um, designated editor who will do all my stuff then right now Albaco's got a lot going on in his plate and you can't necessarily be that person for me but but I need that like I'm I'm actively taking baby steps to releasing control of my footage and giving it over to someone else so that's one and the second thing pertaining to my perfectionist self and you know wanting things to be done a specific and particular way is the fact that I literally, and I've said this so many times on the channel, I've said this so many times on Instagram, but it's not a joke. I've got so much footage, you guys, that is just sitting in my Google Drive simply because I feel like it's not good enough. Like I look at the stuff and I'm like, this is terrible, I hate it, and I'm literally going to throw it away. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I have visions for stuff and then when I create it and it doesn't look the way that I wanted it to look in my head, I think it's rubbish and it's bad and literally I, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't have the energy to even upload it. And you'll see even in my videos, well, okay, you won't see because it's edited, but in my videos, I can't tell you how many times all the sit-down videos that you've seen, how many times I've stopped in the middle of the video just because I felt like, I was losing my train of thought or I wasn't being eloquent enough or I wasn't, you know, putting my point across in as much, in the most Englishable English possible. And this is something that's constantly running in my head. With this video, I guess it's kind of different because I've decided that whoever hates me will hate me and whoever thinks it's rubbish will think it's rubbish and unsubscribed and, and keep it moving. But I can't be hyper-focused on being perfect anymore because it's taking away so much from my like peace of mind, first of all, but it's also taking away from time that I could be using to be effective in a lot of things because it literally takes me a week or two weeks to edit one vlog. And if I'm doing a sit-down video, it'll take me something like three days, four days. But this is like three days back to back straight, not going outside the house, not picking up the phone to chat to my friends, not having a good time in the name of this video needs to be perfect and I need to upload it. And still when I upload it, I hate it. I think there's literally, let me count how many videos on my channel I like. You see the vlog where, that vlog where I, my radio interview vlog, that vlog is the only video on my channel that I think I like. Yeah. <laughs> that's out of all of the videos that you see on my channel. That's the only video. If someone said to me, can I see your channel? That's the only video that I'd show to people because, but even in that video, like I think the beginning is what I like, but the actual vlog, I'm not too keen and I don't, I, yeah, exactly. So you can imagine if this is my 100th upload and there's literally only one video and I don't even like the whole video. I just like the beginning out of my entire channel that I can say with my chest. Yeah, I'm proud of this video. This video is is some good work. That says a lot about how I feel about, you know, half of the stuff that's on my channel. And it's it has more to do with the fact that I want things to be perfect than it has to do with the actual content itself. But I feel like perfectionism and imposter syndrome is a mental disorder that just it's a mental disorder and it needs to be classified as a mental disorder if it hasn't already it's like having body dysmorphia where people can look at your body and say you've got a really nice body and i will stand in front of the mirror and say oh my god i'm so fat i'm so tired <laughs> I'm so scary looking, you know, that's what body dysmorphia is, it's the fact that what you see in the mirror as the person who owns the body that's in the mirror does not reflect what people see and feel about you, and so I know like you are some of the most supportive people 
in the world. You encourage me daily. You leave me such thoughtful comments, such thoughtful messages, such thoughtful voice notes um, on Instagram, which I really do appreciate. And sometimes I really do take screenshots of that stuff and keep it in a separate folder for days when I'm like doubting the call of God on my life, where I'm doubting the things that God has said to me and the mandate that God has given me when it comes to being on YouTube and being a light as a whole. I look at some of that stuff and I'm like, okay, I'm encouraged again to to go, but it really is a very difficult thing. And I love what Sibu Mabena said. Um, well, this was supposed to be a life update video <laughs> slash podcast, but I guess here we are now. We're talking about imposter syndrome slash perfectionism. But I love what Sibu Mabena said when we were at that YouTube event. She said, imposter syndrome is the idea and the notion that you are pretending to be someone that you are not and that you literally are impersonating someone's entire life. But if you are living a life that is authentic, if you are 100% doing you, there really shouldn't be a need for you to feel imposter syndrome because you're not an imposter. If you find yourself in a space, it's because you're meant to be there. If you find yourself in a particular position, it's because you've earned it and you've worked hard for it and you should be there. But there's just something about leveling up and there's just something about being recognized by other people that makes me feel like I'm an imposter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And it's, it's, it ties in with the whole wanting everything of mine to be perfect, uploading it for the sake of consistency, knowing that I don't feel like it's perfect. I don't feel like it's good enough. And then somebody coming and saying, wow, your channel is so good. Your videos are so great. I love what you are doing. That messes me up a little bit because I'm like, but it's not great. So why would you say that? They're going to find out that your videos are not perfect. Like one of these days, someone is going to figure out that you're making rubbish content and it literally sucks. <laughs> and like, you're going to be exposed. They're going to know that. They're going to know. Nobody's going to, they're going to know. That's, that's literally like the constant battle in my head is people saying job well done. Me knowing that I don't feel like it's a job well done. And then the paranoia of one day they're going to look back and realize that actually the person that they've been saying is their favorite content creator isn't even that great. Do you know what I mean? And these are just small things that I've had to come to terms with. These are small things that I've had to deal with on a daily basis. Not a daily basis. I'm being dramatic. I definitely am being dramatic. I'm exaggerating. Not on a daily basis, but on a on a frequent, every time I upload, every time I have to upload, every time I have to film, every time I try to plan out what I'm going to say, I just stopped planning out what I'm going to say because I'm like, this is not giving. It's not giving content. Who is this going to help? Like, who is this for? So there's there's been that aspect of things when it comes to the me being on Instagram, me being on YouTube, whatever the platform might be, and just opening my mouth and speaking, sharing, creating, giving you a good time. But then there's also the aspect of, sorry, I just keep looking on the floor. There's, there's literally nothing there. <laughs> um, there's also the aspect of the... And I've said this before in that get ready with me, chit chat, whatever, life update video, where people are like, love your energy. Oh my gosh, you are so great. Love your personality. You're literally the funniest person on the internet. You know, whenever I'm feeling depressed, I go to your channel and this stuff kind of cheers me up. And as much as like, it is very encouraging and I am grateful for everyone who like sends out the messages, like I mentioned earlier, I think there's a part of me then that starts to feel the pressure of, don't you ever upload a video when you're not in the mood. Like if you're not in a mood, force yourself to be in the mood. So there's literally been weeks where I'm not in the mood to create a YouTube video simply because um, I don't feel... Okay, and hear me out properly when I say this. I'm not depressed, okay? I'm not struggling with like, you know, self-image or anything. Like I'm fine. I'm probably the most confident and most secure that I've ever been in my life. Hence, I'm able to do a video like this where I'm completely super vulnerable and transparent with you. But I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Oh, man. Sure. Anyway, but it's, it's, it's the pressure to sort of like then come on knowing that you know, people come to my channel for that lift. People come onto my channel because they enjoy my energy. So on weeks where I'm not the most energetic because I'm tired, because I 
have a part-time job. I literally tutor three different kids or four different kids. And I am the child with the license in this house. So I do all of the errands. I am at church serving, doing the Lord's work. I am a student, a full-time student at that. I'm a YouTuber, a full-time YouTuber, because that's also like something that, think about this logically. I technically am a full-time YouTuber because I upload on YouTube full-time and not part-time, but at the same time, I'm a full-time student. At the same time, I am a full-time tutor because two of my students are in matric and the other two, the one is in grade nine, the other one is in grade 11, maths pure math and physical sciences, that is a full-time job. Them asking me questions during the week, them asking me to help them with little things here and there, homework issues that they can't get through, that is a full-time job. I still am a sister. I still am a, a, a Muslim mother. A mother to who? I literally posted on my WhatsApp status this morning, I want a fun-sized puppy. And Rurisang was like, are you literally trying to add another responsibility on top of your life that's already holding you in, 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 the, in, the, in the washings? <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought again. I definitely have a lot of roles and I definitely have a lot, of, a lot on my plate. But I think I'm learning how to stop being hyper-independent and doing everything on my own and literally asking for help, which is not something that I'm very talented at. I, I'm that person that feels like if I need help and the people around me can't see that I need help enough for them to offer help, then I'd rather die than to ask for help because I'm not going to be a burden on anyone. I'd rather do it myself. So I'm the editor. I'm the sound man. I am the, you know, creative director. I am the personality and the cast on this i am i am everything on this channel and it's exhausting it gets tiring sometimes i get burnt out sometimes i want to take a rest and yes i do take a rest when it's necessary but i just it's almost like i put this pressure on myself to always be my most excited and my most <laughs> it's pretty woo self when i come onto this channel and i think you've noticed obviously that i've changed up a lot of things if you look at my thumbnails they don't look like my thumbnails used to look um if you look at my banner i think it's still a work in process in progress but it doesn't look like you know the banner that i had before and this is literally because you can see it from my room you guys see it when i'm walking through the house that I believe in aesthetics more than I believe in myself. I really tried my best to be the wild, excited, constantly high girl who's loud and crazy on the internet and keep that consistent. But I think it's tiring and it's 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 not that I'm faking like it because that's 100% my personality. I definitely am that person. But it's the forcing yourself to be that person 24-7 when you know that's not how you are 24-7. There are times where I'm just chilling, you know, and I just, I'm like this. And this is the energy that I give. It, it's crazy because I met up with Godfrey, who I met via the internet and all this kind of stuff. And like, we've become really cool friends. And so one day he was like, listen, I'm in the Midrand area. Do you want to pull up? And I was like, oh, oh, obviously I want to pull up. And I remember he said to me that when he called me and I picked up the phone, he was really shocked to hear that I answered the phone like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and he was expecting like, hey, what's up? What's going on? And I think this is a lot of people's like perceptions of me when they meet me in real life. It's like you'll have the idea that, oh, she's being cold or rude or standoffish because when I greeted her, she wasn't like, hey, what's up? Welcome back to my channel. We're about to have a good time, a great time. And like, you know, giving all the energy in the world. I'm just kind of like, hey, so nice to meet you. How are you? That's great. Awesome. And then I walk away. But that's, that's me. <laughs> like, that's my real personality. That's how I am. Obviously, if we have a conversation and we both start screaming and jumping, I'm going to get hype in the middle of the conversation. But for the most part, I'm not walking around screaming at people on the roads most of the time. I'm not walking around, you know, with a huge smile on my face like, ah! being crazy all the time like i i'm also like i'm also a person who gets tired you know i'm also a person who just like is chilling and i've got a resting bee face most of the time because that's my real face <laughs> you know what i mean that's that's my real face when i'm not doing anything i'm not i'm focused i'm working i look like this and then you call me and remember now the 
you are speaking to Bax who's in work mode. Miss, I am bottom line. I want to get my goals done and I don't care who loses a foot while we are getting these goals done. We will all get to the finish line. Do you understand me? Thank you. <laughs> right? This is also why I need indoor that, guys. But anyway, this is a conversation for another day. I really think, I really think that, and, and please comment down below if you feel the same way. One of my biggest fears and one of my biggest thoughts lately as I've been, you know, dibbling and dabbling is that I feel like I'm getting to a point where I, I'm, I'm scared I might become like too hyper independent to be in a relationship and to coexist with another person. But that's a conversation for another day. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about and let me know if you feel it, especially being a very direct and decisive and planned individual, wanting things done a certain way, certain time. I've got my deadlines. I have, y'all seen my Google planner. Like I am crazy. I really am crazy and I really am on the money. And so those are just like small things that I, I fear, but that's not the point. We were talking about something really important and I'm, I'm now losing my train of thought. Um, sure, I really did forget what I was saying. And this is what happens. Like most videos, this is what happens. I forget what I was saying. And at this point is where I'd like turn off the camera and like start, oh, you're so crazy. You literally can never keep a thought. Why can't you just stick to one conversation and finish it? Like my mind literally goes all over the place. Um, I just wanted to say like the channel rebrand. Yes, sorry. I wrote like notes for myself, but not real notes. I just, I wanted to speak about going to a new city, the church, um, my channel rebrand. And those are the points, talking points that I gave myself. So I just saw that and I was like channel rebrand. So yes, I am a very big fan of aesthetics. My friends will tell you like I have the highest aesthetic intelligence within our friend circle. If anyone needs to make a decorative decision or a aesthetic decision, I'm the girl that you're asking. Like, listen, if the aesthetics don't make sense, I can't breathe. I can't function in an unesthetic environment. Sorry, I ran out of space on my phone and then <laughs> it literally like stopped recording. Um, but I think that's one thing with my room and that's why I needed to re structure and like do all of this new stuff that you're seeing in my room because I really was getting to a point where I felt sick <laughs> in my stomach every time I had to make a thumbnail it was literally the process that I hated the most on my channel simply because like I, I had to make it look crazy and I didn't like how it looked it didn't please me so I got to a point where I was just like you don't really like the thumbnails that you make. You hate your banner. You hate how your intro looks. It works for the personality that everyone has associated me with, which is the crazy, loud, high-paced, fast-paced girl, which, again, I will reiterate, is 100% me. That's definitely my personality. That's definitely who I am. But look at me right now. Like, Can you tell what I mean by... I really am a chilled person in real life. Like, I, I just am so relaxed and one of my biggest fears when I was touching 21 going over 21 growing in my channel and still having to make these <laughs> thumbnails which I probably still will do I'm not even gonna lie because there's an element of me that's like <gasps> the whole time but if you go and look at like Kiana Naomi's channel for example I love Kiana Naomi with my whole heart and you guys know this like I'm obsessed with the girl if you look at her stuff and then you think about everything that I've said to you, it will make sense why her things resonate so much with me. And I was looking at ZX online. I started watching her stuff properly with my chest like the past month and a half. Previously, like all of these YouTubers, Snim Flongo, ZX online, KEMs, like I know them because everybody knows them. But these are people that Mashiko watches. Like Mashiko is the girl watching these. Me? I was like, I need to focus on being crazy. So I'm not going to watch their content. And then I was watching ZX Online. I was like, this girl, Atlanta. Like, ZX Online, no Atlanta. But the aesthetic is not giving the Atlantians. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's when I realized that, hey, maybe it is okay for me to like aesthetics, like having my hair combed, like being dressed up with makeup on and still be my authentically crazy self. Like, I can still jump over walls with a full face beat, because that's who I am in real life, but I kind of felt this pressure of like, 
if I have to be the crazy girl, if I have to keep up with being that girl, then my aesthetic has to match that. Everything has to be bright colors. Everything has to be wild and all over the place. Every, I look, need to look crazy. Like everything needs to look crazy. Like the craziness needs to combine. And so one of the biggest things that I kept thinking to myself and that were taunting me and when i say taunting me please understand that i'm exaggerating yo 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 one thing about me i'm dramatic guys one thing about me i exaggerate so when i'm speaking please dilute everything i'm saying dilute it with 10 liters of water dilute the one cup 250 milliliters with 10 liters of water because that's what i mean that's exactly what i mean because I, i'm listening to myself speak and i'm like as i'm speaking you would think that i struggle with Hey, hey, so much. And I think about this daily. I don't think about it daily. It's just when I do think about it, these are the things that I think about. It's just, I think maybe it sounds like a lot and it sounds super depressing because it's all happening in one video. But alas, it is the conversation that we are having, right? And so my biggest fear and the thing that I kept asking myself is like, as you grow older, turning 21, turning 22, turning 23, turning 24, I'm not saying that being crazy at the age of 26 is not welcomed and you definitely should not do that. But for me, it was like, I know that I like aesthetics. I know that I like things to look neutral, you know, brown, beige, black, white, pink at the very most. If we're going to do color, we're definitely always doing pink or red, but mostly pink and nothing else. You look at my wardrobe, it's browns, it's blacks, it's whites, and then red. There's literally... There's no in-between. That's who I am. That's the stuff that I like. So for me, it was like, how sustainable is this? Like, how long am I going to force myself to be a crazy girl 24-7 when I really just want to be cute? When I really just want to be fabulous? How long am I going to do that? And so... Even with the channel growing and now we're like on the road to 8K technically. But like the views are like 1.5, 2,000, which is a lot of people watching. I'm like, I've come to realize that you're not really judging me on what I post. Like you're not really concerned with, you know, the, the things that I concern myself with, you're not bothered by. And I know you're not bothered by it because you keep telling me that you're not bothered by it. But something inside me keeps fighting me and wanting me to be bothered by it. So the fact that every single video of mine is able to consistently be over a thousand views tells me that you're here all the time supporting me regardless of what it is that I'm doing. I saw, I think it was Peño. Was it Peño? I think it was Peño who was watching the makeup tutorial and he was like, I don't really know why I'm watching this makeup tutorial, but I really do support everything that you do, Bax. And so here I am watching this video from start to finish, which for me was like this channel, first of all, shockingly, is 90% female. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And that made me so excited because I was like, if there's anything that I've always been passionate about in my life is females, women and children, and more specifically, black, dark skinned women. And so it a part of me is like, Baba, you shouldn't be like that because isn't that racist? Like, that's definitely racism. What about the white girls or, or the non-black girls or whatever the case may be? But a part of me was just like, do you know what my thing is? And I've become a lot more intentional in, in this specific area of my life is the fact that growing up, I didn't have dark-skinned girls that I could look up to. And the, I think the youngest age gap, first, it's 18 to 25. That's the majority of the people on this channel. They're aged between 18 and 25 years old. After 18 and 25 is literally 13 to 17 and then the 25 to 34 age bracket, which to me was crazy because I always assumed that my audience was 18 years old and older. So the fact that a lot of the people who message me on Instagram that DM me and that I'm constantly interacting with, I find out that they're in high school, they're in grade 11, they're in grade 10, they're in grade 12. For me, Yo, that was like the biggest and best realization of my life because I was like, these are the girls that I, these are the girls that I'm screaming for. Like, these are the girls that I wake up every day. Well, not wake up every day. Like, I literally am being so dramatic right now. But if anything, like, I wish I had someone who looked like me and someone who lived as freely as I do on the internet well, maybe not on the internet, but maybe in front of me because back then we didn't have the internet. 
I mean, we had the internet, but it wasn't like real internet. You know what I mean? Like the fact that we had BIS should tell you how unreal the internet was. Everyone had uncapped data for 60 rand. Uh, uh, that wasn't the internet. I'm sorry. Say what you want to say. That was not real internet. But um, I think for me, I've always like I've always wanted to have a dark skinned girl who looks like me and be celebrated in front of me because that makes me understand and know that I too make sense but obviously and naturally the story that you hear from most and if you go look at the miss south africa entry videos right now like how many of those dark-skinned girls speak about growing up dark-skinned there being a lack of representation and them wanting to be representation i think a lot of people feel like it's cliche and i think for me as well I always feel like it's cliche if I have to come here and speak about my struggles as a dark-skinned girl growing up and how I've overcome certain things. But I think what I've come to realize is as much as right now, there are a lot of dark-skinned girls on social media being celebrated, all that kinds of stuff. I think it's still very important to constantly reiterate and assert people who are in high school and who are in primary school and let them know that you are where you're at and people are making it seem like you're not a real person and you're a figment of everyone's imagination you are a shadow you are the load shedding you are all the mean and hurtful things that kids say about dark-skinned people make them realize and understand that first of all it's not real you're going to leave high school and you're going to realize that none of that stuff actually matters when people are looking for real life partners like that is not a real thing believe me when i say it's not a real thing but the fact that the 13th to 17 year olds are the bigger chunk and majority of this channel makes me so happy because i thought that i was just speaking to my peers but then i realized that it's bigger than that i mean small things like walking down the street i realized and i was with mbali mbali makena the other day we went out for lunch and it was the best thing ever but we walk into the fix because they had like a puffer jacket Ooh, i should go get me one of those puffer jackets now that it's month end Anyway, they're having this huge puffer jacket sale and I wanted to go inside just to take a picture and send it on the family group chat in hopes that my mom will feel bad and send me money to buy a puffer jacket. And I didn't post it on family group chat because I think I just forgot. But as we're walking in and walking out, there were these two um, Indian children in a trolley and they were like waving at me. So I waved back and I think there's small things that I've realized in in my life as I'm just like moving about and, and doing things is that we really have impact on people in more ways than we think we do and something that I've noticed is that little girls and and when I say little girls I'm talking about like five-year-olds four-year-olds three-year-olds like kids like toddlers are always looking at us like they're literally always looking at us and are always bewildered by i've seen it in their eyes like you know little kids will come and tell you like you're so pretty you're so beautiful but i think excuse me i've the one thing that i've realized is that comes with such a great responsibility like brown skinned children like the indian kids that were like just staring and like waving and you know super excited to see us. i also don't know why they were so excited to see us because why are you so excited children are so weird but anyway you see these kids and it's like you have to realize that walking past children and not greeting children and i mean like children sometimes are scared to like speak up and greet you they just kind of like stand on the sides and stare at you as you walk past when you're taking walks in the estates or like when i'm driving up the road because literally all the people all the children in my neighborhood are kids like kids kids like Toddler kids playing soccer outside, small, like they, they, are, they are here. They are prastrap length kids. <laughs> In the beginning, when I first moved here, like usually I just drive past them and not think too much of it. Like, yes, kids will always like move out of the road and just stand there and look at you as you drive past. But what I realized is it's so important that you make the kids aware that you see them. I hope I'm making sense. It's so important that when you're driving past kids or when they move out of the way and they're just standing there kind of looking at you in bewilderment for whatever reason that they're looking at you in bewilderment for, we really don't know. It could be that you have a, a nice afro. It could be that you have long hair or maybe they just hate you, you know? You, you really don't know. But I think it's so important that they know that they are seen and they know that they are matter. They matter because I think as adults, we tend to just walk past them and think nothing of it. But stopping and speaking to children i've learned so much and i've picked up so much that children are a lot more attention to detailed than we actually give them credit for and stopping to tell a dark-skinned child 
that their hair is beautiful. Stopping to tell... Because I've had this with my niece. I mean, you guys know my niece, Momo. She is a very feisty child. Like, she's very wild. And there are very little things that get to her because of how confident she is. And I think, obviously, she picks that up from the household that she grows up in. My sister's, like, one of the most confident people I know. And so it is no wonder that Umolemo is as fierce and as wild as she is. And she wants to be a YouTuber, like her favorite aunt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? But something I've noticed is like she'll come back home from school when she decided that she wants to cut her hair because she had this really cute hairstyle. You know the, the pointy pointies that we do on little kids? You do like a million hairstyles on their little afro and you send them off to school like that and they've got like multicolored ribbons and they just look so cute. And Momo came home one day and she was like, listen... I'm so sick of this hair. Please cut it off. Like, I want to go to the hair salon now and I want to cut my hair. And I think she was like three and a half when she first said this. I remember all of us were sitting there like, this baby wants to cut her hair, she's got, are you mad? Like, are you insane? So we go to the hair salon. They're cutting her hair. This girl's not crying. She's not sad. As soon as her hair is bald, she comes back. She's like, look at me. Am I not so fine? I literally am going to live a stress-free life. I'm looking at this three-year-old like, you are talking about a stress-free life. You cut your hair. I, like In my head, there's so many things. Like I'm like, I would have never done that as a child because to me, I would be so afraid that I'm going to go to school and they're going to make fun of me and say, I look like a boy. And best believe that children did that. Momo would come back home from school and say, oh, Auntie Barbara, you won't believe. And then she'll roll, roll her eyes like, you won't believe. And I'm like, what is it, Momo? She'll say, these stupid boys, they came to me and they wanted to tell me that I look like a boy. I said, no, I'm a girl, duh. And she's so confident and so bold and so fierce but when i think about it like i said it's literally because she grows up in a household where she's being surrounded by women who look like her we're constantly affirming her we're constantly guessing up this baby y'all have seen momo on my instagram stories you know that there is nothing that shakes this little girl but it's because she knows who she is and she's confident in who she is to the extent that she's willing to go bold for the sake of i hate the fact that my mom wants to comb my hair every day and it gives me stress please cut me i'd rather have cheese cop i would rather have cheese cop and she's cool with it she's fine with it and so for me things like that have made me realize like there isn't there isn't such thing as too much representation. There isn't such thing as every time a dark-skinned girl goes on a stage, she talks about how she's doing it for the little dark-skinned girl. And me being someone who confidently stands on Instagram, con constantly sharing dark-skinned queens on my Instagram, saying, guys, look how gorgeous she is. Isn't this insane to you? Isn't this crazy? It's first of all because I'm shocked at the fact that I believed for so many years that dark-skinned girls were the bottom because of how people made me feel and how people made me think. And every single day, even in my adult life, I look at women on Instagram and I'm like, yo, like my sister, you are breathtaking. But the fact that I am vocal and adamant about, well, not adamant because it's not like I'm doing it by fire, by force. But the fact that I'm vo very vocal about dark-skinned girls being gorgeous and elevating dark-skinned girls wherever the platform might be, doesn't mean that I hate light-skinned women and I hate non-brown, black women. It doesn't mean that they are any less of a person because of my upliftment of another or a particular specific type of woman. I think that... I'm sorry, I'm definitely overthinking because I was like, Barbara, this is very controversial. You need to have your words together, together. So let me take a pause to just think about what I'm saying here properly because I know what I'm saying, but I, I, I want it to come out the way that I know I'm saying it. I just want to make noise for the girl that looks like me because I need that for me before I need to be that for anyone else. Like, I do that because she looks like me and I'm constantly in a state of bewilderment of, wow, guys, she looks like me and she's gorgeous. Oh, look at this. Like, that's literally all that there is to it. It's not anti-white. It's not anti-light skin. It's not anti-anything. I just really do enjoy celebrating dark-skinned women because... I grew up not seeing them being celebrated and so it might be excessive now, it might be a trend now on social media, but I definitely don't think that representation in any way is 
can be oversaturated or overdone. It's important to be confident in yourself. It's important to, excuse me, understand the role that you play in society, whatever gift God has given you, if you are a singer, and this is how the Bible says it in the book of Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it speaks about how there are so many different parts to a body. You know, there's a stomach, there's, and I read this, okay, let me read it to you in the message translation. It's such a good scripture that I'd love for you to um, hear it. Corinthians chapter, Galatians, Corinthians, exactly. <laughs> chapter 12 so this is from verse 14 and says i want you to think about how all this makes you more significant and not less a body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge it's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together if the foot said i'm not elegant like the hand embellished with rings i guess i don't belong to this body would that make it so if the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove your ear from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If the body was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it for its specific purpose. But I also want you to think about how this keeps you significant keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, which each its proper size and its proper place. No part is more important on its own. Can you imagine the eye telling the hand, get lost, I don't need you? Or the head telling the foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor it as it is without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lowest parts than the higher parts. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer to have good digestion to full-bodied hair? The way God designed our body, hey, Sana, you can go read it yourself. But I think you get the gist of, of what I'm trying to say in that every single one of us, whether we're dark-skinned, light-skinned, you know, medium-toned, <laughs> dark-skinned, light-skinned, medium-toned, um, shout out to shout out to the worship leader. God help us at my church. Um, he made the most banging playlist ever. I'll actually leave the Spotify link in the description down below. That playlist bangs so much. I don't know if it's because he's a worship leader, and you guys know I have problems with worship leaders and musicians as a whole. Jesus, help me! Or if the playlist bangs, please listen to the playlist and tell and DM me and let me know. If the playlist actually bangs or if I definitely am crashing on him and if he's watching this, that's going to be so embarrassing because he's literally the same guy who said my, my channel sounds like Nigerian movies. Now I'm overthinking this whole video. Anyway, <laughs> moving on very swiftly. Um, I, I hope that scripture like made you understand exactly what I mean when I say regardless of the, the type of skin that you have, regardless of, you know, whether or not you are the person or the representation that I show on my Instagram and con consistently speak about, it doesn't make you less important. It doesn't make you less than because every single one of us, I don't want to say like light-skinned people have their purpose. Like, that's, that's not what I mean. Please understand and hear me out when I say we're just, we all have different functions, okay? And that's okay. There is a reason why I'm more melanated than my mother is. That is okay do i think my mom is less beautiful than me that is that is arguable, arguable because i believe i'm the beyonce of the family but <laughs> my mom is gorgeous anyone who's seen my mom my mom literally guys can i tell you my mom tells me to stop calling her mama in public because she doesn't like the fact that i call her mama when we look the same age she wants niggas to know that she cute and she young and she fine and if i keep calling her mama i'm gonna be cramping her i remember the first time let me tell you a story my mom used to have dreads, right? I don't know. I don't show too much of my mom on social media. And I think I should keep it that way because I've realized ish. I 
how do I say this? Like, my family didn't sign up to this mess that I've created on YouTube. I signed up to it. And so I should deal with the consequences on my own. So, yeah, for the safety of my mom and for my mom's personal privacy, maybe we'll, we'll keep it that way. I'll probably show her. I'm, I'm definitely lying. I'll probably 100% show my mom. But for the most part, my mom used to have dreadlocks for those who have seen her in previous vlogs and stories and stuff like that and so at some point she was like Barbara I want to get into the wig life I want to get inside and so we went to Sanson City to go cop her a young bob wig because she's that girl and when we got there we went upstairs she got her installed down there cut her dreads installed the wig for her and literally my mom looked so fine yo woo, 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 woo. my mom looked so hot I have to say so myself and as we came down this the lift we walked out of the entrance and there was like this group of older men like my mom's peers obviously um having this was like a long time ago also like this was with last year last year something it was very long ago they were chilling having breakfast and literally as we stepped out they all like turned their heads and looked at us so immediately my mother says to me don't you dare call me mama shut up <laughs> yes ma'am and we literally just kept walking i mean we didn't stop to like entertain them calling us or you know anything like that but she was literally like listen niggas think i'm the same age as you niggas think i'm fine please don't ruin it for me then i said okay cool and then as we walked out of santon city town she was like we have to go have breakfast at tasha's it's absolutely necessary because this can't go to waste people have to see that i look good and then we went to tasha's too she, i love my mom dog she's like really funny i know i'm not laughing but she's very funny my mom's funny and she's exactly like me. Like my mom likes to say that I'm the way that I am because my father uh, made me a rotten child. But the truth is I am an amalgamation of both of my parents. I am an exaggeration of my father's personality and my mother's mentality. That's exactly what I am. I am, I am them. I am them. But I think I'm going to wrap this video up right here because I've been filming, this is 25 minutes, the first one was like 39, so this is definitely going over an hour, and that's not the intention that I had for this video, but I really hope that um, this honest conversation just gave you a little bit of a perspective, and I really want to ask you if you've gotten to this point of this video, it's a very long video, so I know that you got here either because you're a real one and you really support me, or because um, this is a conversation that you very much related to and touched your heart, I don't know what I'm going to um title it i don't know i don't know if we're gonna if i'm gonna say this is imposter syndrome or if this is being dark skin or if this is channel life update i really am struggling because i feel like i spoke about so many different things and i didn't go into depth about either one of them in this video but i just wanted to ask you to share this video on instagram share the parts that stood out with you most significantly on your whatsapp status on twitter whatever social media that you feel you hold the most power and the most influence in simply because you don't know who it could help if if you found obviously i'm not saying that this video was helpful that's definitely not what i'm saying what i'm saying is if you made it to this point i assume that you found it helpful and if you did i think that it'd be great for a lot more people to hop into this conversation just because I actually feel so much lighter I don't even want to lie like I feel so much more like at ease because I finally was able to tell you what's been on my chest and what's been bothering me so I really just want to say thank you so much for your unwavering support and your commitment to me as a stranger well I mean obviously I'm not a stranger anymore because you've gotten to know me over the hundred videos that I've posted but like I really I really do honor you so so much and it, it sounds so like to me I'm the person who's like if people say happy birthday to me but the happy birthday is not accompanied by a gift like I'm like you didn't say happy birthday to me like I didn't feel that happy birthday if if people say like I don't know and if, when I say gift man hear me out it doesn't have to be like an elaborate incredible gift I just mean like you know like for me I'm like I'm such an action babe if if what you're saying to me is not coming with action. I feel like it's so empty. So I never want to say thank you to people. And I never want to say happy birthday to people if I don't have a gift to give them. Which is also like, I need to tell you this. Let me tell you this, okay? Very side note. I know I'm off ramping. I know I said I was done speaking. But this is the last conversation I'm going to have. I promise. I promise. I get hectic anxiety whenever my friend's birthdays 
come around and obviously like I'm not with my friends they're very far away from me so it's not even like one of those things where I can drive up to your house and say happy birthday with a cupcake with a candle on it and like wish you a happy birthday but I'm realizing and I've come to realize that the reason why I struggle so much to say happy birthday to my like closest friends and make a big mess about it on social media is because I want to actionably wish you a happy birthday with something tangible and there's so much that I feel my friends deserve and I want to be the one to give to them but because I'm not in a financial position to give them the things that they deserve like let's take Mashiko for example on Mashiko's birthday I wanted to buy her um, a pair of sunglasses well the sunglasses were an afterthought I actually wanted to buy her the dome bag from um, Galaxy Boy that's what I wanted to get her for a birthday and literally when the time came like I was like I spent so much money on equipment and all the stuff there's nothing left in my bank account but I want to wish this babe happy birthday it strangled me every single night because I felt like if I didn't give her that bag and this was not a pressure she put on me she didn't even expect that from me she didn't expect anything from me I'm sure but the mere fact that I couldn't give her a dome bag to me felt like I wasn't saying happy birthday. Like, I didn't feel like I was actually... So, so these are, like, small things that go on in my head. This whole, like, perfectionism, imposter syndrome thing that I'm trying to overcome. Okay, maybe we'll title this imp imp imposter syndrome and perfectionism and then put all the other stuff in commas and stuff. But, yeah, I definitely overthink. I definitely hyper-analyze everything. I definitely am hyper-independent. But God is definitely showing me that and I'm so grateful um, to be in the community that I'm in right now and to be to be forced to have been forced into the places that I find myself in right now and I, I guess I'll tell you about all of that in a completely different video because this video has become way too long but yeah I think I'll film it right now but I just wanted to say like I'm so grateful and you'll hear about it like next time for the position that God has put me in where I didn't necessarily want to be where I am right now and I didn't necessarily plan to be um, guys do, do you remember at the beginning of the year when I was telling you like the goals that I could tell you and one of those goals was for me to reach 10,000 subscribers by March I literally have not reached 10 I haven't even touched 8,000 I've been on 7k for like ever which is not a bad thing because I'm not too finicky about the numbers if anything like I would rather have a thousand people on my channel and all thousand people watch every single video then have a hundred thousand people on my channel and then like only a thousand out of the hundred thousand watch the videos that would give me so much stress and anxiety so I really am happy that we are a small community who know one another because I've seen in the comment section how we all like interact with each other people hopping onto everyone else's comments which I absolutely love and adore because it means that we love each other we are together in this thing but I lost my train of thoughts. I definitely lost my train of thoughts. Oh, I was saying, I, I'm not where I planned in my meticulous plan to be at. Is it meticulous? Hmm. To be at. But like moving to Johannesburg, for example. I mean, I still live in my dad's house, but my dad stays in Midrand, technically. Okay, I stay on the border of Centurion and Midrand. So that's a bit like, you know. <laughs> but like, I... I never planned to move my entire life to Joburg where my school is in Joburg, my church is in Joburg now. I literally like every single aspect of my life has moved to Joburg and it wasn't something that I wanted for myself necessarily and I've always said this my entire life that I can never see myself being a Johannesburg babe because Joburg is so scary and Pretoria is so laid back, so chilled, so comfortable that I love it here. Everything here is so wholesome and so great. I need to tell you guys about the things that I've been seeing at Joburg because Johannesburg is not a real place. It's a simulation. I can tell you that much for free. But the new church and the new everything that God has literally forced me. When I say forced, walking away from engineering. Do you know there's a Vega in Pretoria? And that's where I thought I was going to go. I thought I was going to go to Vega Pretoria. Please, I need to sit down and tell you the story of how... What is happening? Yeah, that's a sign that I need to stop. I need... What is happening?
<coughs> Yo, I don't know what that was about, but I need to I need to do an entire video life update where I sit and tell you about my move to Johannesburg and everything that's been going on there. Um changing churches, all of that stuff. Like, yo guys, I really like I really love my old church. I love the people in my old church. Whoa! What is happening? Mm. I think, is it my perfume? Am I allergic to my perfume? <laughs> That'll be very funny. Yo, as I was saying, yeah, like I, I've been in that church since I got saved in 2014. So all of my friends, the man cave, my girlfriends, every single person in my life, my entire life is in Pretoria, in that church. And I literally had to walk away from everything which was so scary. But I think as I'm walking out in faith, <laughs> in faith, um, yo, dude, I, like I so wish you could have seen my pastor's face. Like if, all of us were shocked. All of us were shocked. But anyway, as I walk out this new journey in faith, as I like keep taking what I think is God speaking to me and the direction that I think God is taking me in, the more I realize how necessary a lot of these things were and the character flaws that I had and the the amount of growth space for growth that there was in my character as a person that I wasn't necessarily seeing when I was in Pretoria so I think being forced into a position where yeah man I'm, I'm, I'm going way too much into it but if you did enjoy this video if this video spoke to you in any way shape or form I really do want to encourage you and ask you to share it with someone that you know um, would benefit from this conversation but more than that um, I want to say thank you so much for being patient with me for being so kind to me and for giving me your time damn like <laughs> I'm definitely blushing <laughs> I definitely am shy like if if all 7,000 of you were in front of me and like I'd probably be crying at this point but it's just me in my room with my camera so it's easy not to cry it's easy to just kind of be chilled and say thank you and I'll see you next time bye